Okay, welcome back to CBS Sports Radio. I am Vince Quinn here with you, and obviously Game 5 of the Finals just wrapped up the other day, and with Game 6 on the line, who better to talk to than the national sports writer with us at CBS Sports, David Shepard. Shep, what's up, bud? Vince, did you see that game on Friday? I mean, are you kidding me? You want to talk about giving the NBA fan the ultimate treat and basically just extending the Chris Paul conversation to going at all the 29 other teams? That was amazing. Yeah, it was an incredible game, and it got me in trouble, actually, because I'm sitting there, I'm playing a card game with my girlfriend in the living room, and the TV's on, and it's supposed to be on in the background, <laughs> but it was constantly right. like, hey, Vince, look at me, we're playing, come on, hey, get, 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 bring it on back to earth here, and I was like, no, this game's incredible, I don't know what to tell you, so, yeah, an incredible did game you, five. Did, oh, you, did you stop playing the card game? That's the real question. Oh, at yeah. At what point did you throw down the card? No, it was, uh, I want to say with about five minutes left in the third quarter, I just lost all focus whatsoever. I just couldn't. I, I was totally non-functional within the game. I dragged it out at least five times as long as it should have been. So it was worth right. it. It was worth it. Don't get right. me wrong. Because um, it was a hell of a game. And, and let's get into it, right? Because like now that we're five games in, it's been a crazy series. There's a lot of stuff going on around it. What is the story of this series so far five games in, Chip? The, the story of the game. Well, well, first of all, LeBron James is just cementing his legacy. You know, even more so. Uh, forget the fact that, you know, he's 35 years old. It's, it's the wear and tear. It's the mileage he's put on his body. The fact that the next game he plays, Vince, it is going to be game number 260 in the postseason. You know what that means? <laughs> okay. What does that mean? This means he's going to eclipse Derek Fisher as the all-time leader in postseason games. And by the way, Vince, this is a guy who has said time and time again, he hopes to play until his son, Bron Bond, gets into the NBA. So what that means is we might be talking about a guy that plays more than 100 postseason games than anybody else in the history of the game, not to mention the international success that LeBron James has had. Now, with all that being said, he's got to give LeBron his due, but the story to me is Jimmy Butler a guy you are all too well accustomed to, given the fact that your franchise basically showed him the door last season. Yeah. He is absolutely the story of these NBA Finals. And by the way, you've got to be kicking yourself right now, and Brett Brown is out of a job because of that. Well, yeah, everything with the Sixers is dumpster fire. Like, even the way they – because they bring in Doc Rivers, and you go, wow, they brought in this great coach. But here, just a, a quick summary of the Sixers situation was like, hey, we're going to change our sure. front office. And then they go, okay, so we're going to get rid of these guys. We're going to conduct our search, a coaching search. They hire Doc Rivers, and then as soon as they announce that he's hired, they go – by the way, we're keeping everybody. Like it's, <laughs> it's been yeah. it's been such a cloud show. So yeah, seeing all the, the way, Jimmy wait, Butler wait, wait, stuff wait, makes wait, it worse. Wait, yeah, I wait, wait. I got to give you a little pushback here. You're telling me a great coach gives up a three-one lead in the '90s, and then in the 2000s, and excuse me, it was 2000 when he was a Magic coach. Yeah, he's out of line. He's given up three different, three different, three-one series in which he was up, had the favorite in terms of the talent for his respective team and found a way to lose a series. And the only reason he won, by the way, is because he had four Hall of Famers. And you're telling me that guy's a great coach? That's the guy you want in Philadelphia right now? Have you seen Brett Brown? My perspective is not so good. No, and and, because the other option is like Mike D'Antoni, who would be playing with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and like those guys aren't a fit for a system, and the ownership didn't want Ty Lue. It was just like the whole thing was I would have taken Ty Lue gladly, but out of the three, Doc Rivers is a totally fine, uh, above expected solution for the Sixers, so I take it. That's where I'm at. But that's like saying that's like saying you're going to get rid of you know the A-list guy in your movie, Paul Shore, and just exchange him for Brendan Fraser. That doesn't mean it's going to sell out you know in terms of movie tickets and be a box office success. 
Well, it probably won't be. I mean, just based on the history of the Sixers, I have no reason to believe it's going to work. And that's why, you know, again, everybody looks at Jimmy Butler. And for me, I just look at the Miami Heat as a whole and I go, you know, that's a well-run organization. Like, they get it. No wonder he's doing well over there. Yeah. And, and, you know, listen, I mean, mean, here's the really impressive thing about this. And, and look, I mean, all right, honestly, honestly, have you ever heard of Duncan Robinson previous to nine months ago? No. Have you heard of Kendrick Dunn? No. Hadn't. Okay. That's now have you heard of J.R. Smith? Oh yes. I, I'm a big fan of J.R. Smith. Right. Now, have you heard of Jared Dudley? Yes. Okay, here's the point. Those guys have been proven NBA starters. J.R. Smith, a championship shooting guard on a, as a starter. Jared Dudley, a guy that has been in the NBA since two thousand seven and has been serviceable every single stop he has made. And they don't play. They do not play. JaVale McGee was a starting center on two NBA title teams. I don't care if he's the Luke Longley of his generation. He doesn't play. The guy, or I should say the multiple guys, both undrafted, by the way, Vince, you have never heard of, nor has really 99.9% of guys that even do what you do. You would have to be an NBA aficionado to know who those two guys are. You have to be an NBA aficionado to know that Duncan Robinson played at Williams. He played at Williams, Vince. And somehow, these are two of the top five players for that Miami Heat squad in the NBA Finals. It's crazy. You want to talk about Jimmy Butler not being a superstar? Because that was the conversation and the dialogue going into the NBA Finals. And I heard it from so many people on national levels and local levels. The story to me is a very, very long-winded, but I'm going to encapsulate it with this. Jimmy Butler is the best story we have seen in over a decade in terms of leading a team to an NBA Finals. And I'll tell you something else, man. And I include the 2007 Cavaliers in this conversation. This is the least talented team I have ever seen in an NBA Finals. And somehow they've taken it to at least six games. Uh, let me ask you about this. And we're talking with David Shepard, who is a national sports writer here with us at CBS Sports Radio. Is I got to ask you about... The shot at the end of the game, Chef. What did you make? LeBron driving down, kicks the ball to Danny Green, misses the shot. Is that on LeBron? Is that on Danny Green? The the takes are everywhere. Where do you stand? So I can't fault Danny Green for missing that shot. And I'm going to tell you why. If you look at what LeBron James did, he left his feet. And because he left his feet when he made that pass, Danny Green had to bend down And so that forced him to be out of rhythm. If you look at the majority of baskets that Danny Green has made throughout his 11-year NBA career, it's when he is in rhythm, specifically when he is at the wing. That is his bread and butter. Now, I I fault LeBron James because LeBron James is one of the most intelligent basketball players we've ever seen, right? So with that blame also comes the accolades. And so he's going to get all the accolades. He's going to be on the Mount Rushmore when he wins. And when his team loses, he is going to have to shoulder the majority of the blame, if nothing else, because he's one of the five greatest players to ever live. And he lost to a team that may not have a Hall of Fame player, not a single Hall of Fame player. Now, having said that, Vince, and this is what I don't understand. This is the era of today's NBA players. Why are you shooting three, Vince? How much are you down by? Well, yeah, they're down a point, right? So why, okay, so why, why are you shooting the three? Let me ask you a question. Anthony Davis, I understand he was a little hobbled. Can anybody guard Anthony Davis on the floor? No. Okay, 
So if you're Danny Green and you're 11 years in, you played at North Carolina, you won a national championship, you won a title in Toronto, right? You won a title with the San Antonio Spurs. You've been around the best organizations. you got to make a more heads-up, more intelligent, more, I would want to say, adept decision. And I understand it's, split, you know, it, it's absolutely, you know, it's a split-second decision. I get all that. But you've got to find a way to get that ball in the paint. You've got to find a way to get that in Anthony Davis' hand, a guy that was shooting 67% from the field. And I understand he disappeared at times. But that was a bad decision on LeBron's part to leave his feet and make a bad pass, and it was a bad decision for Danny Green to take that shot knowing it was a bad pass. Well, well hold on, Jeff. I got it because here's the thing, Jeff. He had the whole floor. Yeah. It was like the, it was like they, it was, he was in the gym at him, by himself at 3 in the morning. There was nobody there. He was wide open. He's got to take that shot, right? Like, what would happen to Danny Green if he passes that ball to somebody else? Vince, let me ask you a question. Who were the great, efficient scorers in that game? If you look at the L.A. Lakers, who was hot that game? Well, LeBron was killing it, and, and he was the guy at the end of the game that was driving and, and making things happen, and he was the reason why they took the lead there. But, I mean, he's wide open, Jeff. He did the whole floor to himself. I just, I had, like, I can't fault him for that. I can't fault LeBron for that. I look at Danny Green. I go, he's just got to, he just had missed the shot. It was a perfect shot. He just missed it. Vince, how many threes did he make that game? I have no idea. How many threes did he make that game? I wanted, I, I could be wrong on this. It, it, it wasn't more than two. You shoot that if you're in rhythm. I don't care if you're wide open. Now, who's the guy that was hot? The third guy, if you had to just on the top of your head, who was the third best player for the Lakers in that game? Third best player? Uh, I, 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 oh, he, he was wide open on the wing. He was wide he, Thank yeah. you. Thank you. And so if you're Danny Green, you got to make one more swing. But by the way, Vince, there was, I want to say he shot that, what, with seven or eight seconds to go? Now, you yeah. can tell me all you want that he's wide open, but sometimes – the best shot is the shot that's in rhythm, and Danny Green was not in rhythm. The shot wasn't close. He could have done I the mean, electric it, slide. It, he could have had all the rhythm in the world. He could have been doing a disco. Whatever kind of rhythm you want, he had all the time, all the, the whole floor, and he just blew it. I mean, he, Vince, it's crazy. Vince, maybe, <laughs> another time, maybe another time, a shooter took a great shot in rhythm. Now, what my mind goes to, and correct me if I'm wrong, the guys I think of in terms of role players that hit the dagger to win a championship, Steve Kerr and John Paxson, it's, it's ironic because they both played with Michael Jordan, who everyone says was just a score. But those guys, when they hit those shots, did they have a bad pass come to them? Were any of those bad passes? It doesn't, I don't think so. But it, he, okay. it could have been a terrible throw. I mean, he could have had to reach for it. Like, you know how uh, when you're doing the one-on-ones in basketball and you're trying to screw up a guy who keeps, keeps making it the line so you roll the ball out so he's got to change his feet? Like, you could have, it could have been something like that, and he still should have been able to. There was nobody there, man. But here's the thing, though. There's a reason why you're so wide open. You know, look, it, it's, not like, it's not like they were hedging toward him, right? It's not like there was a guy who was basically, like, you know, fronting the whole time. There's a reason why Kenny Green was open. I- I'm sorry. If you're Danny Green, I don't care how many kills <laughs> you made. You're not, you're not that guy. You well, gotta yeah. you got to bring that to Contavious. you got to. Contavious is the third best player. Danny Green, by the way, when's the last time he made a big shot? 
I, well, I guess it's been a while, and it's not going to look any. People aren't going to spend a lot of time digging in his favor now, so it's it's going to be tough for Danny Green. But Shep, let me ask you this, right? Because now, uh, regardless of what happened at the end of the game, there, the fact is the Lakers did lose, right? Morris gets the ball, he throws it to the moon. It, it's a terrible end of the game for them. And so, uh, who's winning the series? Like, are the, are the Lakers taking this in Game Six? Is it going seven? Like, how do you see this playing out? Well, the thing is, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean that's, I mean that's my honest answer. I mean, I'm, I'm just guessing, right? Because I can tell you that if you look at the Lakers, besides AD and LeBron, right, they shot 33 percent from the field. Oh. So you've got to assume that guys like Caruso and you know guys like even you know Contavious who could have shot a little better, guys like Rondo, guys like Kuz, you got to figure they're going to step up their game. But are you going to assume next time that AD and LeBron are going to go for 68 points on 67% shooting and basically going to have two-thirds of the Lakers' points? I don't know about that. Are you telling me a 35-year-old is going to go for 40, 13, and 7? You know, becoming just one of four guys to do that at any age? That's not going to happen again. So they wasted a great game from LeBron. And on the other hand, Jimmy Butler played all-time great, right? Because I, I believe that's the second game in this event. You want to, you want to hear a statistic? Yes. There are six. There are six. 35-point triple-doubles in NBA Finals. There's six of those games, okay? Jimmy Butler, in the last week, has had two of them. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, wow. one-third of the NBA games in finals history, when a guy goes 35-10-10, Jimmy Butler has one-third of them. By the way, I'm gonna, you mind if I give you a couple more stats here? Yeah, get, get, lay out a couple more, Chef. Let's go for it. Okay. Okay, you ready? Jimmy, the average starter, aside from Jimmy Butler, so Jay, Bam, Duncan, right, and obviously the other rookie, Tyler Hero, though he did not play great. Jimmy, so they averaged over 37 minutes per game. Mm-hmm. So they were no slouches in terms of durability and minutes locked. Jimmy Butler had more assists than all of them combined. He obviously had a game high or excuse me, a team high 35 points. He was one rebound shy of the other four heat starters. Obviously included in that is Bam Adebayo, a big man all-star, who was there for 38 minutes, so I don't want to hear that he was, you know, hobbling or any of that. What I also know is they had seven steals. Jimmy Butler had five of them. What I also know is he also had the most blocks on that team. And by the way, to top it all off, to put a cherry on this fence, he shot the best from the field out of any heat player. I've never seen a guy, and I include LeBron and Magic and Michael in this conversation, do everything, everything, all facets of the game, as well as Jimmy Butler has done. Now, this originated from you asking me a question of who do I have in game six. And I'm telling you, I don't know, because we've never seen a guy like Jimmy Butler play like this in the finals. And we've also never seen a guy in year 17 play like LeBron has done. So it's anybody's game, but you're also getting such, you know, hit and misses from the ancillary guy. And that's the problem. Now, Bam's going to play better. You're not going to have four rebounds from Bam again. Tyler Hero's going to play better. He's not going to score 12 points again. Um, but I do believe, and, I, and, and, and this is the one, the one point I'll make about coaching. If you're Frank Vogel, you've got to shut your mouth at that podium. You can't poke the bear. Refs are human beings, too. And when you call them out in the league in their official two-minute report, find that you were right as referees and you still got a coach who's criticizing and disparaging you and the coach is wrong in his assessment, that's not a good look for a head coach. And you don't think that's going to you know, spill over to game six? 
You don't think the refs going to have that in the back of their mind? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, they, they probably the refs have a long memory, that's for sure. So, <laughs> right. yeah, and, and you've got a lot in stored in your brain there, Chef David Shepard, national sports writer with CBS Sports Radio. Chef, thanks so much, man. Hey, man, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, take it easy, brother.